here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to wrestling omikaze episode 26 and it is our second to last episode in the year in review series the last one i'm recording because i actually recorded the new japan episode the prior evening um to when i'm recording this uh, i recorded the new japan episode tuesday night but most of you will hear that probably on new year's day so this is the second to last one you actually hear but it's the last one i'm recording that's not confusing enough but either way, it's the end of the journey for me, and I'm joined here by another Voices of Wrestling podcaster, Mr. Brennan Patrick from Burning Spirits. What's up, hey, Brennan? How's it going? Not much. Just hanging out. We're uh, <clears throat> we're moving, my wife and I, to a new place, so the house is mostly full of empty boxes right now. Mm. Um, but that's good. You know, I have the week off uh, until... No, January 2nd, so I'm going to spend that time mostly moving. Yeah, I don't have the week off, so I'm jealous. 
I just have I had I have Monday off and I have a half day on Friday, so I can't it's still a lot better than a lot of people. So I right, can't, yeah. I can't and then we get next Monday off and then I'm gonna I'm gonna take off next Thursday for Wrestle Kingdom because I've learned my lesson of not watching that show live. It's just like like you know, even even if I completely disconnected everything, I would still find a way to spoil myself on Okada Naito. Mm-hmm. I just like I oh, never yeah. forgive myself. <laughs> like I just don't <laughs> I do not want to watch that match, you know, spoiled. Like I, that, that just be the worst thing that could happen to me. So absolutely, like, yeah. like la- last year, I didn't do it. I didn't watch it, but like, you know, I didn't. There was nothing on that show that was like, oh, if I if I don't see this, unspoiled, then uh, you know, I'm gonna die. But you know, I wasn't that into Okada Omega in the build up or anything. Mm-hmm. Like Okada Okada Knight told me like that's that's a match I've been, you know, waiting for for like two years now. Oh yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, completely different. Um, but yeah, we're not here to talk about New Japan, though. No, we're here to talk about Big Japan. Um, so this is the very the, the final promotion we're doing. You know, we we talked a ton of promotions in this year interview series. Um, you know, we did like I said, I just did New Japan last night, which you'll hear after this, probably, unless you're listening to them out of order, also. And uh, we did DDT and All Japan and WWE and Ring of Honor. Um, you know, every I'm probably even forgetting something, but I oh Joshi, there you go. Um, so we did like well the Josie one we did like five promotions. Alexander was great. Um, yeah, but we did like we did so much stuff. And you know if you, you know if you ever want to get caught up with anything at the end of the year you know, before you do your Observer Awards or your you know Voice of Wrestling Match of the Year poll or whatever you're gonna do, and we don't know Wrestling 100. I don't. I don't. What the fuck else do people vote in? I don't know. RSPW FAQ. Um, there's a million of these year-end awards. So, you know, this this will be like your resource, I guess, if you want to, you know, if there's a promotion that you think probably had some good stuff and you want to, like, get a good idea of what you should be watching, I think the year-end episodes will be a good resource. Um, I would love to hear your feedback, too, if you listen, especially if you followed us through the entire series, you know, um, just at, obviously at Wrestle Omakaze on Twitter. Um, you can also always post on the, I do a thread on the voices of wrestling forums. Whenever these episodes go up, I would love to hear what you think of it. What do you thought of the entire project? If you listen to the entire thing, uh, I don't, we already got some cool feedback, but I'd love to hear if people thought we did too many promotions, if we did not enough promotions. I know like the, the big one I feel like I'm missing is Noah probably, but it just felt like it never, I don't know. We just, we just kind of ran out of time and the, <laughs> the promotions I did, you know, I wasn't even going to do Ring of Honor, but, um, you know, Joe Gagne came to me with a pitch. So it's like, let's just do it, I guess. And I don't I don't know if the WWE episode was really necessary. It was really funny, but, like, we spent, like, half that episode, um, you know, talking about, like, fucking Harry Potter pornographic fan fiction and <laughs> all this other fucking horse shit. So, and clearly we had, like, History Channel shows about knives. I don't, I don't know what else we covered on that episode. It was pretty wacky. But we'll see. I, I'd love to hear your feedback, because obviously this is the first time we're doing, you know, the first time we've reached the end of the year here on Wrestling Omikaze. Also, before we get into Big Japan 2, if you if you want to vote for us in the Sheeties, I think that's still open, or it will be tomorrow when you hear this. And, you know, not that I want to be out here begging for votes, but, like, I just don't want to come in last in my category. So if you want to help me out and go vote in the sheet, I don't have to win. I just I want to be I want to beat Steve Austin. That's all. That's all I care about, really. If I could just say, if I could say, go back in time like twenty years and tell Child John that I'm I beat Steve Austin in something, that would be pretty amazing. So 
go vote for us in best interview podcast. All right, all that stuff out of the way. Let's get into Big Japan. Dai Nihon. Um, what did you think of their year overall, Brendan? If you had to like really like give an overview of it, because I know I, I feel like the second half especially was very divisive, mm-hmm. and the Hideki Suzuki title reign in general was very divisive. Right. Um, I feel like the, the deathmatch stuff probably had more universal acclaim, but there's still like I don't know, felt like a weird year. So I guess give me give me your take. Yeah, it was definitely a, a weird year, kind of up and down. And I think uh, the, I think they started pretty slow and then kind of ramped up, um, like maybe May, starting with Endless Survivor, and they had some really good stuff there. Um, you know, I, I'm a b- big fan of the Hideki Suzuki reign. Uh, I know it kind of dwindled there at the end, but, you know, it started out really good, and I really enjoyed a lot of that. Um, I really enjoyed the introduction of the, the junior division. I think that's really cool gives it a lot of really good talent, something to do. And so another thing, way- though, that, that's divisive, though, I think. What's that? Another thing that's divisive, I think, the junior division. You think so? Yeah, because I've seen a lot of people complain about how that it's, like, watered down the strong division too much. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think I think some of the guys in the junior division could easily be in the strong division, and they, they kind of wrestle a similar way, but I, I, I like that. I like that it's kind of a throwback. It feels like you know, 80s All Japan Junior Heavyweight Wrestling, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying, I'm just, I, I actually, if you were going to ask me if I, like, overall, I'd say I probably like the Junior Division, but I'm trying to be devil's advocate here. Yeah, I've, seen, yeah, exactly. I've seen that, I've seen that viewpoint a lot on Twitter that, you know, just watered down the, the Strong Division too much. I, mm. I would push back a little bit, though, because, so, so the argument, I think, is like, you know, when, well, I guess we'll get into it, but the second half of the year, where it kind of feels like the, the Hideki reign, like, repeats, with like mm-hmm. too much of just uh, Kamatani and then uh, you know and then Hashimoto, like maybe that wouldn't have been. They're like, well, if you had all these guys in the junior division, maybe you could have you know had the, had strong title matches against them. But I mean, there were still guys they didn't do anything with. Like you could have done Udo or something. Or you could Udo have, or Hama or Nakanawa. Like I I don't. Uh, I I just don't think it's the fall of the junior division. I don't buy that. No. I think they they made a they made a conscious decision for some reason to to not do a bunch of guys, and I don't really get why. Because I think the what they ended up doing was pretty that they, that was the downfall really of the Hideki reign, which I agree was you know I think the the first everything on the Hideki reign up until Death Mania is awesome, and then after Death Mania it's not so awesome. But mm-hmm, I think yeah. it's more the fault of the booking than of Hideki Suzuki. Right. But, yeah, I agree. Um, but we're gonna get into all that, and we're gonna go month by month. But over overall, I'd say, you know, maybe an average to, I'd say average is slightly below average year. But then Death Vegas really kicked ass at the end of the year, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think I think helps a lot to to close on a high note. And you know that the the Deathmatch division, you know, had a good had a very good year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that maybe that's, and that's ultimately what matters in Big Japan. Um, you know, the strong division, you know, I don't know if there was there, you know, the booking of big Japan, other than the, the titles, it's almost like the booking of the new Japan junior division, you know, right? Yeah. There, there's no other singles matches or no other, no other feuds other than the, the title, whatever the title program is. So I guess that can get frustrating, but you know, uh, yeah, it was an okay year. I, right. I would say. Um, so let's start out January 2nd, the very first Kurokin show of the year. Um, the big thing on this show was the main event, the BJW Tag Team titles, Strong BJ, 
Sakimoto and Okabayashi defeating Twin Towers, uh, Kohei Sato and Shuji Ishikawa. Um, they, you know, beating them for the titles. This would basically be the, I mean, Shuji Ishikawa, I'm going to look at how many appearances he made in Big Japan this year. It was probably like, not a lot. It was like probably half a dozen at most. Yeah. Um, basically, you know, this is, they had to get the belt off him because he's going to be an all Japan guy this year. Um, yeah, he was seven, seven matches. I just looked it up. So not a lot. Um, you know, it's just, he, he just was very busy with, um, you know, with the, with the all Japan run and the triple crown and all that. So they had to get the belt off in the air, but it is a really good match. I oh, still yeah. remember it. I still remember it all, all, almost a year later. So, um, mm-hmm. Strong start to the year, this main event. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that might be my favorite tag match of the year. Um, yeah, that's very... the one I remember the most, and the one that I, you know, think about the most when it comes to tag matches. Because I'm not a huge tag team wrestling fan in general, and it's been more or less a weaker year, I think, for tag team wrestling. But um, yeah, that match was awesome. So you know, good start to the year, and you know, starts off with Strong BJ with the tag titles. Um, I'm looking through here. February, they had a lot of outdoors. Did you see any of this outdoor stuff? No, they, I can't yeah, watch those. <laughs> there's a lot of outdoor stuff. Um, the next, we you get into like um, the road to Deathmatch Survivor. Um, so that, yeah, I remember this match. So the main event was like it was February 16th in Shinkiba. They had like a light tubes, gadget plate, and safety pin board deathmatch with uh, Masashi Takeda beating Toshiyuki Sakuda. I don't know if you saw that, but that was, I did not. That was like to me the start of Takeda's like, where you had this feeling that okay, Takeda's going to be a big deal in Big Japan this year. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I mean he ended up working, you know, eighty five matches in Big Japan, obviously, and had a had a ton, which was a ton more compared to twenty six. Oh no, actually, it's the same amount. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> but he had a you know he had a, a lot of matches in Big Japan this year, and um, you know obviously we're going to have the title run. So I thought that was a, you know, I, the, that was a cool little uh, beginning to his year, and then you get to the Corkin show on March fifth, which had um, the start of the Ikitosen Deathmatch Survivor. Um, you had Izami Kodaka beating Kenji Fukimoto in a fans bring the weapons match. Um, you had Kankuro Hoshino beating Takeda, and then the main event was the the strong world heavyweight title, the thirty minute time limit draw. With Daisuke Sekimoto and Hideki Suzuki, um, what did you think of that match? I love that match. That match was great. I mean, there there were a lot of time limit draws. I feel like this year, and that one was my favorite. I think they they really played off each other's strengths really well. Yeah, um, and I thought you know again that that was a of their of their matches. I thought that was a strong one. Um, maybe not. Maybe not the. The best reign of Hideki's reign, but um, right. or Hideki, yeah. I mean Hideki's reign hasn't started yet. But but a very, I liked it better than the one where he won the title. So I do too. Yeah, I, I skipped over a number one contender match I really liked. So uh, let me let me go back and find it where he beats Kawa. He beats uh, Kawa. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was way better than their title match. So um, I think that was back. Was that, oh, was that actually back in 2016? Is that why? That may have been. Yeah. Didn't yeah. Appear. Yeah. So like. So the, yeah, I mean that 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 match I thought was actually better than um, the the title match they had at later on the year at Sumo Hall. I don't know how you felt about it, but um, that match at Sumo Hall, I, I really enjoyed it. 
but I know it's not everybody's okay, so it was, cup of it was, tea. It was February, February 10th at Corican. There we go. That so it was in 2017. But yeah, Hideki Suzuki beating Kawakami in about it was only about 11 minutes, but I, I thought that match was awesome. Yeah, that was and a that was a, that was a start where it was like, okay, this this Hideki Suzuki thing is really different than anything else in the strong division. It was kind of the beginning of like, you know, he's just gonna come in and like eat guys up and just take them to the mat and do whatever he wants with them. Yeah. They're, they're gonna have to adjust because you know, I mean, people who don't know who might be listening to this to try to get into Big Japan. The, the the strong style is very much, you know, like bulls running into each other, right? Like that's always been the thing, you know. You, you basically got two. When, when you think of a strong match in Big Japan prior to 2017, you think of two guys like hitting the ropes and shoulder blocking each other, like repeatedly. Yeah, human bumper cars. <laughs> so, like, you know, I mean, my overall match of the year for 2016 was the uh, Okabayashi and Kamatani match at Ryukyuan. And that's a perfect example of that strong division style where it's like, you know, these two men are just going to collide until someone goes down, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you bring in Hideki Suzuki, and that's completely different. Like, he's not going to stand there and shoulder block with you. I mean, he's just going to take you down the mat. He's going to do whatever he wants. So, I don't know. Do you want to talk more about his style and how it relates to the strong division? Yeah. I mean, I think what's funny is that. Um, I think Hideki Suzuki wrestles more of a traditional strong style, like probably the most traditional out there. I mean, there's nobody else that really wrestles the same way that he does, which is a really big drawing point for me. I mean, that's why I've um, kind of gravitated towards him and his reign. And just the fact that he is not going to, he's not going to do something that the fans want or, you know, that fits that division. He's just going to do what he does and he does it really damn good. And, you know, he's going to force you into situations that, you know, a lot of these guys aren't used to and it makes for really interesting matchups. Yeah. And basically like the thing I've always said about him is even if you don't personally care for his wrestling style, which I understand it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. I think you should appreciate that there's someone doing it at a high level. Like professional wrestling is better for having him. Because you want, like, like we don't want every single fucking match. And maybe you do. Maybe you, the listener, want this. But, like, I don't want to see every single wrestler wrestling the same, you know, um, you know, 20 near falls in a match. That can be that can be great, you know? Like, if it could be a great match. But I don't want every single main event in every single company to be, you know, 20 near falls, right? Like, that's not, you don't want everyone to wrestle the same style. Like, you want those different styles. I mean, the my the match of the year this year was, you know, for me personally, overall was Okada Shibata, and that had basically no near falls. Right, yeah. So I think it's I think it's important to remember, like, you know, the, the Okada Omega kind of style. That could be great, but you need people. You need your Shibatas, who does a very different style. You need, you know, your Hideki Suzuki's, who do a very different style. Like, I think without that priority, you, you end up with, like, you know, you end up with like one one dominant style, which is basically WWE. Yeah, so. it's kind of overwhelming. I mean, that style, um, you know, the Kenny Omega Okada matchups where there's just so much, and it's like it's, to see you know a guy like Hideki Suzuki take it to the mat and just use a lot of traditional techniques and do it really well. And it's a nice break from that just go 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 hectic kind of you know trying to always one up the previous 50, matchup that New Japan tends to do. <laughs> um the so moving on though march 8th i want to point out the the back and shinkiba first ring this i hadn't seen it in real time but uh, i was telling brennan off the air like samurai had like a like a, a some kind of like marathon on last night while i was recording the 
New Japan episode, and they were airing a lot of these uh, Ikitosan matches. So I saw this match last night while I was uh, recording the New Japan episode. It was the light tube scaffold death match with Ozami Kadaka and Ryuji Ito. Did you see this? I did see that, yeah. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. I that mean, was cool, yeah. Um, you basically had you know these two guys fighting up this scaffold. Um, you got these guys holding on to it like they're going <laughs> to feel that it looks like they're going to die. And then Kodaka, of course, he does the double knees off the top of the scaffold. Oh, man. Really fucking sick. But yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it was uh, that was a really, really cool match, I thought. Yeah, that was that was the one of the first death matches of the year that really caught my attention. I was like, okay, all right, I can I can see what the appeal is. Like, and, and Azami Kodak is one of those guys too that like even I, I feel like he's an easy pick for like the death match guy that that people who don't even like death matches can get into. And he just has you know so much um, so much athleticism, you know, and like he just brings. I don't know. He's he he almost comes off to me like what. Like, if, what if Jeff Hardy was a deathmatch wrestler, you know? Like <laughs> yeah. Peak, peak Jeff Hardy. Like, does he have right. kind of, like, like, like total recklessness and disregard for his own body? and Which they all have, of course, but, like, he just he jumps off things and stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, all right. Going through Ikitosin here. Let's see what else I saw. Um, I believe I saw the Yuko Miyamoto and Kankara Hoshino match on March 12th. That looks pretty crazy too when I saw that. Uh, there's a scrambled bunkhouse, fans bring the weapons death match. Uh, it seems like both of these guys, Miyamoto and um, Kodaka, you know, they're they're obviously a team and stuff. They didn't they they weren't in Big Japan a lot this year, especially compared to previous years, and they weren't like you know a huge deal in the division. But it seemed like they had a lot of standout matches in this Ikitosen at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and then, true. I, and then again, uh, the March 14th show, I think they, they showed this too Miyamoto and uh, Jack, Jackie Numazawa, Iron Cup and Light Tubes death match. That that looks pretty crazy too from what I saw of it. And, you know, Ju- Jackie is like a great, he, he's a great dude to just watch because he has like, he has that kind of like presence and the, um, you know, the really, the really interesting look with that whole like, you know, weird Pope thing he has going. Yeah, and, it's like a when, scary. He's one of those guys that when he comes out, uh, like you know, I, I got I got to see them live a few times this year, and when when he comes out, like he, you're just like this this guy could do anything basically. Like he <laughs> looks like he like if he started like fighting a fan or something, you you'd just be like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, um, let's see anything else from Ikitosen while I go through this? Um, did you see the Iron Cup and Light Two between Takeda and Takahashi? I think uh, yes, I did. I did see that one. What was because I know obviously they would have two much bigger death matches, but here Takeda got the win. Um, what did do you have any memories of that match? Uh, I don't. I remember thinking that. I mean, obviously the the two matches that would follow were were a lot better, but I remember thinking it was pretty good. But I, I don't remember a whole lot about it. Um, going through here, um, well, so we get to here to March thirtieth, which was. Um, a short Korokin. This had three more the Ikitosha matches. Um, nothing really stands out there, though. Although Jackie and Takeda, I remember that being pretty good. The Cutter Knife and Alpha Death match, and obviously the big the big story though from the was the main event where Hideki Suzuki defeat Suzuki defeated Daisuke Sakimoto for the strong title, kicking off that title reign. So, what you do? You have any memories of that match? Which of the I do. two? Which of the two do you prefer, the, the win or the, the draw? 
The draw, definitely the draw. Okay, um, yeah, I mean, I like this. Words. Felt more. I, I agree with you. Kind of like a standard. Um, you know, just a standard uh, strong division match. Didn't really have as much personality as the draw. Um, do you have anything else to about the the title win now? Uh, no, I mean, I was just, uh, you know, I, I was kind of on the fence as to whether or not Suzuki was going to win it, but I was really happy to see him win. I mean, that was really kind of a shock, but a good shock. Really going because going in, I thought I thought for sure he was going to win because I thought they'd already announced Sekimoto for the Champion Carnival. Like I didn't. Oh, think, they at that yeah, point? yeah, I don't think they were going to let, or maybe they hadn't announced it, but everybody just assumed. I don't right, know which yeah. one it was. But I remember going to that match being like, okay, well, Sekimoto probably has to lose this because he's going to be in the champion carnival again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. The Ikitosen final, which was um, in Sapporo. You had Izami Kodaka beating Jackie in the semifinal. Masaya Takahashi beating Kenji Fukimoto in the other semifinal. And that led into the final match, the 300 light tubes death match. Uh, Masaya Takahashi again, beating Izami Kodaka. I think I saw this at the time, but then I saw it again last night. And again, another one where just every every time I see every time Takahashi's in one of these matches, he always starts off with that T-shirt, and then like that they just rip that shirt off, and he just ends up bleeding so badly out, like out of his <laughs> chest and his back. It's always like, why do you even bother with this shirt, dude? If you're just gonna like get it torn off. But I guess in some ways it ends up being like a psychology to a lot of these matches, though. Now I think about it, so right, yeah. Like, they they really played into that in the Takeda matches, but yeah, here here he just like only went like fourteen minutes, but like he just he got just as bloody as he did in any of the other ones. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, that was the start of Takahashi's big year in the Deathmatch Division, winning that tournament. So let's see, April twenty eighth at Kurikin. Not much stands out. Um, let's see. That leads into May 5th, Endless Survivor in Yokohama. Um, you know, you had the, the two big main events, which was Hideki Suzuki defeating Yuji Kobayashi to retain the strong title, and Masaya Takahashi defeating Abdullah Kobayashi to win the deathmatch title in a light tubes and spike nail board deathmatch. Um, obviously, first of all, Hideki and Yuji Kobayashi. Um, this is just barely off my match of the year list. I, I gave this four and a half. I thought this was an outstanding match. Um, just missed my top ten. I, I'm pretty sure you have it like as your number one or two match or something. I, when I got your ballot in, so you probably have it even higher than I do. Mm-hmm. So what what do you think of this match? I love this match. I mean, this is this is the kind of the epitome of I think Suzuki's style uh, versus you know the strong BJ style and. You know, going after Yuji's arm, really manipulating it and, and forcing Okabayashi to work out of his comfort zone. And it was just great. I mean, it had a little bit of everything and it was like the perfect length. And, uh, you know, Okabayashi sold all the way through and really had to kind of work around the arm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this and then the the next, the Kamatani match are, are both pretty close in terms of quality. But I think I gave this one the nod. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an outstanding match. And just like it, it was a really cool way to do this to do this title reign because you just make it clear, like you know, you take out Sakamoto when he wins the belt, and then immediately you take out Okabayashi. Um, you know, it's basically like the the old guard of the strong division can't save you, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a cool thing to do. I almost wonder if they should have they maybe they should have saved the Okabayashi match a little longer because then. It would have. I'm not saying like for maybe maybe just until like Death Mating at least or something because then it would have felt like 
you know, UG had could have had more of a chance to win. But you know, I get I get why they did it the way they did it. I'm just saying, like I, I'm thinking in hindsight, it might have like things might have worked out better if they'd done it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the main event with uh, Takahashi winning the deathmatch title. Do you have any strong memories of that? I don't really. I mean, I think at the time I, th- I thought it was okay, um, but yeah, I don't have a lot of strong memories. I remember it being pretty good, but like it, I'd say that the the Takeda matches are both much better. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see here. Keep going through to the Road to Rio Gakuten Korokan on May twenty fifth. Um, at this point, we've we started the junior heavyweight title league. Uh, Shinobu on the show defeated Tatsuhiko Yoshino in a match I remember liking a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went about twelve minutes. You also had um, Strong BJ Sekimoto Kobayashi beating Hama and Nakanoe. Um, I remember that being pretty good. And then the main event, which was Hideki Suzuki and Ka- Hideyoshi Kamatani, you know, Suzuki retaining in about 18 minutes. By far the better of the two Suzuki Kamatani matches. Like this match was oh, awesome. definitely. Yeah, this was the best Kamatani's looked since Okobayashi last year. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was just fired up and, and throwing his little baby weight at uh, Suzuki, and it was really fun. Yeah. I mean, this this was a really good match. I mean, like, I think I went like four and a quarter on it. It was a. You know, very good match. Um, yeah. You know, at, at this point, we're still in what I would call like the, you know, the good half of the year for the, the strong division, especially because you know we a lot of really strong matches here with Suzuki. Yeah, and that um, tag match, the the strong BJ versus Hama and Conaway, I really liked that match a lot too. That was really good. I mean, I think that was the match that kind of really turned me on uh, onto liking the Conaway. I mean, he's a really solid you know, utility worker and it would have been cool to see him get a shot against Suzuki. Cause those two had pretty interesting feud last year that didn't really go anywhere, but you know, it yeah. seemed like they were capable of having a pretty cool match. Yeah. Um, did, so, so did you catch anything from the June 10th and June 11th shows in Zapporo? It looks uh, like there is the death match title with Takahashi against, uh, Sukamoto and that 200 light tubes and light tube tower death match. And then the second night had strong BJ and Okami. Mm-hmm. Do you remember either um, one of those or no? I don't, but I do remember seeing the Kazuki Hashimoto and Takuya Nomura match from, ah. I think, I guess that was from the... That's uh, from the first night, intent. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't really remember much about the Deathmatch title match. I do remember the tag title match, and I remember it being a little disappointing. Yeah, um, I do remember that being kind of underwhelming. Yeah, I remember, you know, when you, you see strong BJ and Okami, you kind of expect better than we got. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was okay. Um, then we move on to let's see, June twenty eighth at Kurikin was a Road to Rio Gokutan show. Um, uh, the moon, the Moon Vulcan tag, I remember being good. That yes. was Suzuki Suzuki and uh, Yoshihisa Uto defeating Kikuta and Kawakami, uh, fourteen fifty. That was really good. Yeah, I remember being you know the interactions with Suzuki and Kawakami being real heated. I think that was kind of building up towards their match. I mean, they were really fired up, and I, I almost it almost made me believe that Kawakami had a chance at uh Yeah, I remember a lot of people were thinking that. Yeah, and like you know, as it turned out, he didn't. But it was it was really cool. Have you have you seen just completely random? Have you seen any of his work in Basara or no? As Trans Am, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. It's, it's pretty fucking fun. I mean, he is I hilarious. Would see, I would see a ton of it, but like every time I see him, it's just I don't know. I just remember like something where like he. 
he was like explaining why he turned on his zombie code doc after a match. He, his explanation was something like, you know, my girlfriend. Oh God, what the fuck was it? It was some pop star. Now I can't remember who the fuck it yeah. was. But yeah, he's just like, my girlfriend is whatever, baby. And then like, he just kind of walked off. And that was his <laughs> explanation for why he turned on him. Did you, did you watch the, the Dipper Cup? Uh, sure. Yes. Yeah, I did. Do you remember that match with him, with Dino and Shiyazaki? Yeah. When uh, Shiyazaki kissed him? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty awesome. His, his reaction uh, was yeah. pretty amazing. I mean, he's just, he's really, really, he's, he's disturbingly good at that gimmick. I, mm-hmm. say. Yeah. I almost refer him as a wacky American, but not that he's great in Big Japan too, but he's just really good at that gimmick. Um, <laughs> let's see. So that will take us over to Ryugokukan on July 17th. Um, a, a lot of people I think were disappointed in the show and I sort of understand why there isn't. Okay. If you compare it to last year's Ryugokukan, there is no comparison. I mean, last year's mm-hmm. Ryugokukan just destroys the show. I think I don't think anyone would really argue, um, but there's still like there's enough good stuff on the show that I can't. Yeah. I don't. I I still call it a good show. Um, it, it's a lot like Peter Pan, where like in DET and P, you know Peter Pan, that was a show. You know, first of all, I was at it, so I probably had a live bias. But when I saw a lot of people say that show wasn't that great, and it's like, well, again, it was a drop off in 2016, but I still thought it was an enjoyable show. So I don't know. I think some of these shows are like the, the victims of comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, no, I mean, I thought this was a pretty good show. I mean, I had a lot of, I like the Funaki and Nomura tag. Um, I was going to say Kendo Kashin starting his like thing with the Brahmins was really oh, yeah. funny. Like that was yeah. a great undercard match. Was him and the Brahmins against the Speed of Sounds and Great Kojika. That was great hilarious. Kojika wearing the Speed of Sounds gear. That was great. <laughs> that was, was really great. And, you know, just anytime prop that that fucking problem song hits. Is you know mark out for me, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I remember the the uh, Tetsu Tetsuyori and KMGT death match with uh, Yankee Tukenju against Sukamoto and Sakuda. That was fun. Yeah, that um, was fun. Shinobu Hashimoto was good. Shinobu Hashimoto was I thought very good. You know, yeah. a, a cool start. There's the the finals of the Junior Tag League. Um, the the concrete block death death match. Was really gross. Honestly. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, you had B faultless junkies, which is Jackie and Unamazawa and uh, Masashi Takeda beating Hoshido and Minoru Fujita, and yeah, that was by far the grossest shit on the show. Um, so that, but it was it was really only twelve minutes, but I'm glad they didn't go any longer, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the Yokohama Shopping Street Six Man Tag Title um, that ended up being pretty decent too. It was Ahama, Okamoto, and Nakanoe defeating Okami and Koisato. You know, it went about 16 minutes. I think this was the match, right, where, like, Hashimoto kept, like, trying to kick the shit out of Hama. And, like, you know, you know, Rito Hama just kind of, like, would keep shrugging him off. But, mm-hmm. had, you know, Hashimoto keep coming. I thought he showed some pretty decent fire in that. Yeah. Um, and then you have the Suzuki and Kawakami match, which I, a lot of people really hate this match. And I didn't, I don't know, I didn't get the hatred. I didn't I thought, either. I thought like it was it was a good like you know it only went about fourteen minutes. I think I went four stars flat on it. It was, you know, Kyle Kami was so fired up, and I thought that that really carried the match, and he was just so into it. And then it, it, the whole idea I think was to show like you know passion alone cannot beat Hideki Suzuki. Basically, like you just just because you're fired up doesn't mean you're going to be able to counter mm-hmm. all the stuff he's doing. And he you know I thought I thought it was a pretty cool little story. 
Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, do you have anything else to say about the strong title matches? I know Decky's your boy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think this match felt the most like shoot to me. I mean, it, it kind of felt like there's a little bit of like non-cooperation, and it felt a little weird and awkward at times. But I think that just really played into the match structure and just Kawakami being very like kind of overzealous at times and kind of being a shithead, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get some cheap shots in on Suzuki and Suzuki doing the same. And um, and I thought the finish was just pretty awesome. I mean, it was kind of like Suzuki putting his stamp on the title and being like, all right, you know, this is my, this is my title now and, and you're, you're trash. Just jumping <laughs> out and kicking out of the ring. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the Kawakami stuff is, is really interesting because like leading up to the match, he had said a bunch of stuff about how he didn't want, like he wasn't doing this for Big Japan to get the belt back. He was just doing it for himself, and it almost made me want to see like a Kawakami. I mean, you know, there's not, there aren't really like clearly defined baby faces and heels, but like more of a heelish run, you know. But like mm-hmm. he's he's just cocky dickhead. He doesn't really care about Big Japan. Like I still wouldn't mind seeing that actually, and I, I guess there's still a chance we could see it. Although I don't, I doubt he's going to beat Hashimoto coming up, but. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think there's something there with him. And that's how I continue to yeah. feel Kawakami that there's there's potential there if they ever give him the chance to, to run with it. But I hope they do at some point. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, the semi-main, though, was a tag team title match. It was kind of like the the classic pillars of the deathmatch division, you know, uh, Abdullah and Ryuji Ito against the classic pillars of the strong division, uh, Sekimoto Kobayashi, and the deathmatch guys ended up winning the belts. I mean, this was the match where... Like, Kobayashi, like, going into this match, right, you would assume that Ryuji Ito would be the guy carrying things, but, like, for his team. But Abdullah, like, it was all Abdullah in this match. Mm -hmm. He ended up working the vast majority of it, and it was just incredible, honestly. Yeah, Yeah, this was a great tag match. Yeah, I mean, um, as far as, like, he he was just really, really, basically, he worked as Babyface in peril for, like, a long time. Um, well, I mean, first of all, the, the crowd was like super into him, like showing off his like Matt wrestling counters. Yes. Like, he was so into that. And like, I mean, you've never heard a crowd just like pop so huge, for like a simple go behind counter to a wrist lock. Like they were just like, just so behind him. Um, and then like he, Sekimoto would be, basically start like, you know, giving with the chops and everything. And, and Abdullah would like, he'd sell for them like, you know, they're just mildly irritating, which I think makes total sense when you look at Abdullah and then think about what he's used to, you know? Yeah, you used to getting slapped with light tubes. Yeah, and then, like, you know, eventually they, they do work him over, and then he was just, like, a way more effective, like, babyface in peril than I ever would have thought. Like, he's just, like, this big, like, scarred marshmallow. And, like, <laughs> you know, he's just, like, in there getting beaten, and just the crowd was so into it. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it was, they, they got, you just did a top rope power slam on him. That was awesome. He, he got the torture rack on him. But yeah, I mean, I went four flat on this. I thought this was awesome. So yeah, yeah I mean, you know, it, it had boring parts, but it was like, what was good about it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the main event was the the two, the new Blood Brothers, uh, Takahashi and Reiki. Um, I, this was, this was good. I think from what I understood, like the people, the pe- like from the, the like the deathmatch people thought this was like kind of a weak deathmatch, and I, I guess I get it, um, you know. As far as like you, you, I don't think it has much blood as some of the other ones, and obviously you can't do light tubes in sumo hall, so that mm-hmm. always hurts it. So I don't. I mean, it felt like a good one, but it wasn't. 
I don't know if it was like the epic that people really wanted. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember really enjoying it because it, it wasn't so heavy, you know, heavily relying on weapons. It was more, it felt more personal to me. It felt like Takahashi was being real nasty with Ueki. Yeah. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I think I liked it more than my co-host on Burning Spirits. Yeah, and it sounds like you liked it more than me too, honestly. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I, I said I marked out for is Ricky did pull out the gun at one point. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he had that, that whole cop gimmick with the gun and like he pulled it out and just like, you know, Takashi slapped it out of his hand immediately. And it was right. almost like this, you motherfucker, like we're not doing jokes here. You know, it was, just, it was a great, it was, I thought it was a really great spot. That was cool. Um, let's see. The August 11th, did you see the Strong World in Osaka? Um, it had Abdullah and Ido beating Takahashi and Reiki for the in a tag title. Lemon Salt and Thumbtack and Kenzon Death. Oh, I don't think I, I saw know. this one because it yeah. has a junior title match too. Yeah, I don't think I saw it either, unfortunately. So we guess we can't talk about it. Um, yeah. Well, actually, that it, it's a good reason why I didn't see it. I was I was at the G1 at the time. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like August 11th, I think is the the night of the final. But a week late, eight days later, August nineteenth, Deathmania five. Uh, this show, you know, this is the show I was at the Nagoya International Conference Center. I, I just want to talk a little bit about the venue because it's so weird. Like you get to this, you get to this building right in Nagoya, and mm-hmm. it's basically like it's a set of government buildings. Like it's basically like you're going to, like I don't know if it's the equivalent of City Hall, but like you know, like a community center. And <laughs> like, here I go to the community center to watch the death match. It's just, it's really weird. Like you walk That's... in and it's like you're, it's yeah. It's like you're in like a, like a community center, basically. It's really, and then you just go into this auditorium and there's where the, the big Japan ring is set up. So it's really, it's a bizarre feeling. Um, But yeah, like the big Japan, the big Japan fans are great. And, you know, they were they were very interested in the the random white people there, and they were <laughs> a lot of them were trying to. I mean, this this, it, this basically the smaller promotion you get in Japan, the more they care that there's white people there. Like the New Japan fans do not give a shit. You know, like New Japan fans, they they are so used to seeing random guys in there, just like yeah, whatever, who yeah. gives a shit. Um, but like Big Japan, they're just they're they're pretty into it. They're just like oh, where'd you guys where'd you guys come from? You know, how do you know about Big Japan? That's cool. You know, who you get to see? And the biggest one was—I don't even know if you know what YMZ is, Mm-mm. but it's like a—it's a very tiny, like I don't want to call it Joshi because they also have like dudes too. But it's all, pretty much a Joshi promotion. And like that one was—it was such a big deal to have random white people there. They just—they had the ring announcer started talking to us like in the <laughs> middle of the show. It's like when he's doing like this warm up, he just like points out to the crowd and like, yeah, I guess there was a big deal for them. But, That's fine. Yeah, so it's basically for if you're if you ever go to Japan, folks, like you'll be a bigger deal the smaller the show you go to is the basic lesson. <laughs> New, New Japan fans are not going to give a shit, but uh, big Japan fans will be pretty into it. But yeah, so this was the Death Mania Five. Oh, the other one, you know, Dragon Gate fans don't give a shit either. And I think yeah. another one that they that they just don't care. Um, Death Mania Five in Nagoya. Um, looking at the undercard, not a ton stands out. I mean, there was the the Dino. Nomura tag, which mm-hmm. is which was something. I don't know. It was something else, basically. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, the 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 tag match just to see Kenzo Suzuki live too was really bizarre. Uh, it was Sekimoto and Kenzo against Kamatani and Okabayashi. I remember that being like decent and 
you know, just really bizarre to see Kenzo Suzuki live at a big Japan show. Right, yeah. And then you have the strong world title match, which is Suzuki beating Daichi Hashimoto in about 14 and a half minutes. What do you think of this match? Uh, I, this this was probably my least favorite title defense up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really sold on Hashimoto as a challenger, and he didn't really show a lot during the match. To like, I mean, there wasn't as much fire as I was hoping because the lead up to this, you know, they had a lot of fire and they were having these really cool interactions. I mean, right after the Kawakami defense, he came out and you know basically attacked Suzuki, and then um, yeah, I felt like they were holding back on this. I mean, I, I kind of like the the. The story they were t- trying to tell with, like, you know, Hashimoto striking almost end- almost was, like, too much for Suzuki to, to get a handle on. Mm-hmm. And Suzuki just kind of gets the... He, he almost gets lucky with the double-arm suplex. And in, in hindsight, it was almost, like, foreshadowing for right. Hashimoto being the one to, to take him down finally. But, but yeah, I mean, I would agree with you that it wasn't... It wasn't, like, the outstanding match I was hoping for when, you know, when I heard this match was announced. But, um, you know, I, th- I thought it was, like, still, like, three and a half. Level, yeah, three and a half star level, but then the main event I think was the this was the oh, real yeah. crazy shit. The the uh, deathmatch title, light tubes and double glass board deathmatch, Masashi Takeda defeating Masaya Takahashi in fourteen minutes for the title. I mean, so this show did I don't think it made air until like at least a week after the after the show was over. So I remember telling people when it came out, like you know, I'm not a deathmatch expert, but I think I just saw like a really really good one. And, you know, people were like, well, I wouldn't surprise me because Takeda and Takahashi are both really good. And, you know, then people finally started seeing it when it made tape. And I was like, yep, that was, in fact, <laughs> and a pretty incredible death match. So uh, I think they ended up topping it, which I didn't think they could later on in the year. But this was still, like, probably, like, four and a quarter, four and a half level, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, this was easily this was... my favorite. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Hello? Oh, we we lost you there for a sec. Sorry. Okay. What? So you said it was your favorite match of the show? No, it was my favorite death match of the year. Oh, um, so you like know, it up to that point? Oh, up to that point. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I think the Death Vegas match—it's a different style. I mean, I think this felt a little bit more grounded to me, and I usually prefer that over like the epics, um, which Death Vegas felt like. But they're both really good. I mean, I think they both just complement each other really well. But I think I, I think I maybe preferred this one a little more. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, that's not, that's not a, that's not an unreasonable position. Like I thought this match was incredible, and you know, just being in a third row for it, we were just like, there's also that element of like, you know, is is this broken glass gonna come over and, <laughs> you know, get me? And there's that extra element of danger that I think is hard to, hard to really describe. But like, after after the first like five minutes or so, you you, you sort of understand that the. You know, the glass isn't going to make it to you, but it's still, like, there's still something in your brain, you know? Like, you can tell your brain that that broken glass is no is no threat, and there's still something like, but it's broken glass flying in your direction. Like, you know? It's just you can't turn that off. But um, it was an incredible match, though. I mean, I, I, by far, by far one of the best matches of the entire trip, and one of the ones I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Yeah, and I also sure. I was able to take a lot of like really gross picks of mostly of Takahashi's like chest and back, which was like, <laughs> incredibly bloody. And like I, I just you know after people are like, oh, what'd you do in Japan when you get back? It's like just whip it out and be like, you know, I'd be like, oh, I went to a lot of wrestling, and here's here's one match I went to, and people are just like, okay, put your phone away, John. <laughs> I don't want to see this anymore. Like I really grossed out one of my friends at a 
at like a bar a few weeks after I got back. We're just like, yeah, this this is a, in a death match. And he's like, what does that mean, death match? I'm like, this is what it means. And he's like, oh, please put that away. Yeah. Are they really trying to kill each other? <laughs> yeah. Like people, there's a lot of confusion about that. <laughs> when, I, when I was here too, I should mention, um, I went right past it. I did go to one of the, um, you know, the Wayno outdoor shows they do. Um, I'm trying to find the one I went to. Because they did like three shows on August 8th. And I think I went to the one that was uh, Sekimoto and Okabayashi against Moon Vulcan in the main event. But it was it's hard to... I think that was it. It was definitely... Yeah, because Kobayashi and Ido against Hoshino and Fujita. Yeah, that was where Abdullah was dressed as... Uh, he was dressed as Stan Hansen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is, I remember seeing pictures. So, yeah, and like he... He, uh, the, the basically the only the only mark um like autograph and pick i really wanted to get was him because it's just like it's just such an incredible presence i guess and i was very happy to pay him the money to do the mark pick with me because it was it was something to stand next to him in that stan hansen outfit oh yeah <laughs> um um, did you but, see the khaki ride show? I mean, I guess it's not technically the big Japan. No, so unfortunately, but... the, the khaki ride show was like the day I left Tokyo. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was very. I would. I would, totally would have gone to that. I was pretty. I was pretty sad. But like the day I left Tokyo for um for Osaka, that was or no, maybe it was Kyoto. I don't know. I can't remember where where I went first now. But yeah, the day I left Tokyo was the important thing. Mm-hmm. I know, like, that was when that was when um the khaki ride show was. So. Very, very unfortunate, but what are you going to do? Can't see yeah. everything, I guess. <laughs> well, that was, a, that was a really good show, though, right? That was a really good show. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. I should go back and watch it at some point. Yeah. Um, okay, so getting through here. Oh, the Psycho Tag League starts getting underway in September. I don't think I saw a lot of this until um, the September 20th. Okay, well, I definitely saw... The September 20th Hurricane, because that had one of my favorite matches of the year in the main event, which was uh, Daisuke Sekimoto and Koei Sato against Shingo Takagi from Dragon Gate and Yuji Okobayashi, a 30-minute time limit draw. I thought this was awesome. I went four and a half on this. I thought, like, one of the best tag matches I saw all year. Pro- it might be my favorite tag match in any promotion, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't think of something that I liked better. I mean, this was an awesome, like, old-school, strong division you know, hosses running into each other tag match for thirty minutes. So, and never, never got boring, um, never got dull. So, just a really awesome match. Yeah, yeah, it's always cool seeing Shingo work outside of Dragon Gate because I don't really watch a lot of Dragon Gate. So, um, I thought he fit in really well with the other guys, and him, him and Okobayashi had really good chemistry together. Yeah, I mean, Shingo in some ways now fits him better in Big Japan. He doesn't Dragon Gate, which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> but like, he just he he clear like in Dragon Gate, he's been a heel now for quite a number of years, and you can tell he just clearly really enjoys getting to get out of that box and just be like a normal, you know, Japanese wrestler again without having to play up the heel stuff. So I think he really he really gets a kick out of that. Um, it ended up playing into his, into Dragon Gate storylines, his Big Japan appearances, because he like. He started showing up with like barbed wire and demanding to uh, like he demanded the 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 Berserk versus Jimmy's like unit must disband match be changed to no DQ and be allowed to be used as barbed wire, which I thought was funny because he was you know you're in the strong block, buddy. You're not even using barbed wire in Big <laughs> Japan, but like I guess you know Dragon Gate fans here Big Japan like oh barbed wire, so that's fine. Um, 
let's see. Anything else to the tag league I saw here? I don't think I saw a lot of the smaller stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the October 15th, Korokin had like the, the semis and the finals. Um, Okame beating Sakimoto and Sato in the strong block final. I remember that being pretty good. Yeah, that was really good. I like that one. Yeah. And the, the depth block final, Kobayashi and Ito beating Takahashi and Reiki. I remember liking that too. So um, two strong matches there. And the actual finals was like a, a hardcore match with Okami beating Kobayashi and Ito. I don't remember liking that one as much. No, I didn't either. Yeah, I think it was just kind of a match. Um, but big win for Okami, uh, winning the Psycho Tag League. And they ended up kind of like, they ended up in the All Japan Tag League. I, I think they, they had to win like one other match, right? They had to beat, I think they had to beat um, Sekimoto and Ito after Okabayashi got hurt. That's right. They were you had to decide who uh, was going to be in the, the tournament. Yeah. Um, obviously, around this time, Okabayashi goes down with injury. Um, even though he like, in, a, in the short term, it was it was sort of it was more of a loss to no one all Japan than it was to Big Japan because he really wasn't. They weren't doing a lot with him in Big Japan, um, whereas he had been scheduled to be in the World Tag League in all Japan with Sekimoto and the Global League in Noah mm-hmm. with you know as a single. So it was kind of a big blow to those two, but like obviously long term, anytime you lose a wrestler of, you know, Okabayashi stature, it sounds like he's going to be out most of this year now. Right. Yeah. Like, which is unfortunate. Like, yeah, it sounds like he'll be back to the end of the year. So obviously, you know, it's a it's a, a huge fall here for a guy who, you know, for I'd say like the the, the second half of twenty fifteen and the early half of twenty sixteen, you know, him going around with that strong title was one of the highlights of all of wrestling. I think. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Hopefully he can get back and get back to a high level. Um, let's see. November 1st at Kurikin, Um, You have the second Suzuki Kamatani strong title match. Um, this was no good. I didn't no. like this very much at all. One 18 minutes. I, what do you think went wrong here as a Suzuki fan? Because I think this is the one, you know, there's another match coming up that I think really had people down on Big Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, what, went, what went wrong in this match, you think? I don't know. I mean, I think it was Kamatani getting another shot was the was the problem because, you know, he had a great first match, but he didn't really do anything to kind of earn this shot. And I think Kamatani works best as an underdog chasing the title. But when you kind of force him into the situation, um, I don't think he can really perform that well. So yeah. I, I think it was a thing of his, you know, Suzuki not really caring, not really trying to make Kamatani look good. And then Kamatani just kind of put into this position and, and not really being able to perform. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's, it's just not. It was never, you know, the, the problem was basically like it. It didn't feel like to me they had enough new ground to cover in the match. Mm-hmm. You know, like there just wasn't anything there that like, um, and, you know, I thought we, there was no reason for it. It felt like it felt like right. it, and I think this is where people, you know, have a. Um, have a problem with it where I almost felt like it was just filling time. Right. Well, I remember seeing quite a bit of talk that Kamatani was going to win. People were thinking, okay, well, he's getting a rematch. He's obviously going to win here. Um, so I think going in, people, some people thought that. I didn't think that. But, uh, yeah, it just kind of fell apart, and it wasn't very interesting. Um, Shinobu and Aoki for the for the junior title. I don't remember anything of it, but I just <laughs> I, I looked up. I gave it four and a quarter. So oh, yeah. it, must have been, it must have been really good. Um pretty solid yeah i mean aoki looked pretty good and um yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with him next year and then uh takeda and fujita i remember that being you know pretty nuts as a tlc match and you know that went about 17 minutes and 
Now Takeda, hell of a run with that with that deathmatch title, you have to say. Mm-hmm. Already off to an awesome run. We're not we're not even at the Death Vegas match yet. So this this was also the start though, unfortunately, of the this was like the lost Big Japan core show. You know? Remember oh the, yeah. Like everybody signed up for Big Japan Core being like, oh well, you know, I I think the sign up started like right as like right on November first or something. Mm-hmm. So everybody was just like, okay, well, time to time to get this car again, and it just never appeared. Yeah, it took and forever. I think, I think by the time I I think when I saw it, like it just kind of it showed up on Torrents first, like the Samurai Aaron mm-hmm. before yes. it showed up in Japan Core. So I think that's how I saw it. That's how I saw it too. <laughs> and then I ended up dropping. I this is kind of why I ended up dropping my Big Japan Core after. You know, after only a month, because I signed up for the the Japanese like TV streaming service, mm-hmm. and like at that point, it's like, well, I can see all the Big Japan Korokins and major shows on Samurai, and you know, the the core doesn't seem necessary at all, especially since I have to wait around so fucking long for them to even show up on there. Yeah, it's so, disappointing. I mean, I'll probably get the, the one thing I think it'll be good for, and I talked I was talking about this with somebody else recently. Like when we get to the strong climb. I'm sure it'll be it'll be worth it. I'll probably sign back up again because at that point you want to be seeing a lot of these Shinkiba, you know, like smaller shows with, with these strong climb matches. So, like at that point, I will sign up. But then I think you basically need to have something else to augment it. Whether you know whether you have access to Samurai yourself or you just have to be checking torrents, I guess. But like because these Korkins just take way too fucking long to show up on on Big Japan Core. Yeah. I mean, you're a subscriber, right? I am, yeah, and I haven't even really used it that much. I mean, every time I go on there, and there's a you know a show that pops up that looks really good, and I'll go check and see if it's out, and it's never you know it's never out. So it's like I was gonna say, did did Death Vegas even like show up on there yet? I haven't even checked, so I don't know if it's up. Yeah, Yeah, I think everybody just kind of watched it through like the same thing, like torrents and people Mm -hmm. getting in it. Yeah, I think I know. Oh, I know like more, you know, who runs the um? Because I think I watched Death Vegas live actually. More like ran. You know, he runs the uh, the the restream, you know, the Puro Street Puro mm-hmm. on demand or whatever it's called. But he basically has the same thing I have and just like streams it. And you know, I think he streamed. He was willing to stream Death Vegas live, but then he didn't put it in the. You know, it's not willing to put it in the archive. So yeah. So I think a lot. I think that's how a lot of people saw it. Was they saw the live stream. Um, sorry. So let's see. November twenty first has Hashimoto beating Kamatani. This match fucking sucked. It was like twenty one minutes. This was no good. Yeah, I didn't even watch it. <laughs> it was really terrible. And like I think this is again the one where people were very much turning on the the strong division booking. It was, you know, number one contendership match between first of all, why is Kamatani ship match when he just lost his second challenge against the champion? Yeah. That makes I mean, it, no fucking sense. I think at that point it felt like Big Japan were really shoving both of these guys down everybody's throats because, you know, they just won the tag league and now they're constantly in the you know the strong title scene, and it's like, come on, get somebody else in there at least. Like what? Like you look at these six fans. You tell me, uh, Yoshi Yoshihisa Uto couldn't couldn't do the job here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kawakami, who was like a, a random losing out of a random tag match. Like anybody? Like why would you put Kamatani in there to, to, to just to lose again? First of all, and after he just got a title shot. It just it was really bizarre and really bad booking. Probably yeah. probably one of the worst book things, you know. And this is this is what I think left me the bad takes in people's mouths with the with the Big Japan Strong Division in the second half of the year and just, you know, very lazy. 
Um, did you see the December 3rd Jujutsu Kaisen match with Shinobu and Yoshino? I heard it was really good. I oh, I was looking for that, and I never saw it. I, I tried to find it yeah. on Core when it, you know, a couple weeks after it came. I mean, it aired, and I didn't see it. But I, I definitely right. wanted to check it out. Um, and then, obviously, December 17th is the Death Vegas show uh, from Yokohama Bunka Gymnasium. Do you know what Bunka means? I do not, know. It means cultural. Okay. So, High culture here, Las Vegas. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see if there's any like, undercard that's seen. I mean, well, we had first of all the the resume the resume we resume the uh, the Kendo Kashin and Brahmins saga. This time, Kendo opposing the Brahmins, teaming at the speed of sounds against the Brahmins of Vegeta. Another pretty hilarious match. Um, and then we had the the tag team title match, which was. Um, Abdullah Kobayashi and Ryuji Ito against um, Yureki and Sakuda. Did I remember liking this quite a bit? Yeah, it was pretty fun. I, I definitely yeah. liked Yureki's new look. And you know, they're they're, they're kind of like trying to branch out with I, I feel like with Yureki and give him more, you know, more stuff to do. I feel like, but yeah, okay. I'm trying to get, bring up my Death Vegas thread here so I can get my thoughts off of this. Um. The Yokohama Six Man Tag Titles. Um, you had Daisuke Sekimoto, Kamatani, and Koi Sato beating Masayuki Okamoto. So he changed his name while he was champion. Um, the and Ryutohama and Nakanoe in thirteen eighteen. Again, I remember that being pretty good. Yeah, Maybe that was not, good. Not, yeah, not like outstanding or anything, but good stuff. Yeah, Kamatani looked more fired up there than he did in anything else he's done in the last couple yeah. months. I definitely agree with that. Um, so what do you, I mean, do, that's a, it's a cool trio though, overall. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it gives him something to do. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then the, the strong title match, um, Hashimoto beating Hideki Suzuki, the end of the um, Hideki Suzuki title reign. What are your thoughts on this? I know you're, such, <laughs> you're so into the I know. I know. And this kind of felt like a wet fart. I mean, it was. We needed somebody to come in because Suzuki had been built up so big and so bad that you wanted that moment when he finally gets toppled to feel important and big. And and I didn't feel like it did here. I mean, I mean, you know, Hashimoto kind of got a pretty good ovation for winning, but it just, I don't know, the match. Really, I thought I thought the crowd kind of didn't react at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is like a, I was like worried about the title reign when that happened, but. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But yeah, the match That's itself was it was whatever. It it wasn't that great. I I think I may have liked the first Hashimoto match better. I think I liked from what I saw. Like I um I definitely liked it more than some other people. I'm trying to see what what I gave it. Um, I believe I gave it four stars. Let's see. Yeah, four stars flat. Mm. So you know it it was it was a good match, but you know very good match. But like the the lack of crowd reaction for the finish, I think definitely hurt. Yeah, you know, hurt people's perception of it by the end. Um, do, here, here's a question for you. At one point, they do like this really slow Rana. Like, yes, I, yeah. Like, was that supposed to be like a slow, realistic Rana from Hideki Suzuki, or they just kind of fuck it up? I think they fucked it up. Yeah, okay. he's done that spot before, and it's looked a lot better. And I think they just fucked it up here. Okay, because I couldn't tell, and like I just remember it being like a lot of um, it, it felt like Hideki trying to do his like standard puro back and forth match, and. I thought he was he did reasonably well at it, even though you wouldn't expect that to be his style. 
Um, but I get honestly that people, you know, might not uh, like just don't want to see that out of him, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But in the main event, which is the BJW Deathmatch Heavyweight Title, bloody dangerous Christmas for Deathmatch, fluorescent light tubes, tree, and glass plate, and Alpha Death, Masashi Takeda beating Masaya Takahashi in seventeen forty four. Um, I went four and three quarters on this. It's gonna be. It's in my top ten for the entire year. Uh, I think I have it like seventh or something. And it's really incredible match. Um, like if you haven't seen this one, this is basically the match I think to see. And like as far as like a really epic um, death match title, I know J.R. Goldberg. You know another another person of voice wrestling described it as like a two thousand six like era Ring of Honor main event, except the ring is covered in broken glass. Which is such a great, such a great like, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean it's an incredible match, and you know, they they do like there's there's one period basically where they fight on the top rope over who's going to go through this glass board that just says Merry Christmas on it, and it's like one of that to me is like the spot to show somebody who tries to claim that like you know people in a death match don't have any psychology because like that was a was built up better then a lot of spots have been built up in a lot of standard wrestling matches this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, by the time you went through that fucking glass board, you know, it felt like we had just seen, you know, it's such an epic struggle. So, you know, I mean, that, that just an incredible match. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It felt like, kind of felt like a, a, a G1 death match or something. It was just yeah. the way it was worked. I mean, like, it felt like they this was like their, this was like their epic, epic, like they were going to go out there and they're going to have like, the match for Big Japan this year. Mm-hmm. I, think they, I think they succeeded. Yeah, you take away all the weapons, all the glass, and you still have a really damn good match. Yeah, I mean, and Takeda in general, it's like I, I think, you know, if you if you haven't seen his like, have you seen his stuff in all Japan? Oh yeah, just, like, like he he like just can do whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. Whether you know, I I will watch that guy. If he just if he told if he announced tomorrow that he was never going to wrestle another death match again, I'd still want to watch him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. He's a great professional wrestler. So. Um, but yeah, so that's Big Japan 2017. I, when we went through it like this, it actually sounds better than making it sound at the start. So I don't know. Maybe people are just too negative. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of enjoyable stuff. I mean, it still wasn't one of my favorite promotions. I think I probably would have it like you know fifth or sixth this year. But that's just also um, there's there was a lot of really good wrestling in Japan this year. I mean, yeah, there was. Uh, but but overall, pretty solid year, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I guess we can get into awards then. Um, okay, so MVP. Who would you? Who would the Big Japan Pro Wrestling MVP? You know, not just in ring, but like popularity and importance to the promotion and all that good stuff. Mm, I would say Masashi, Masashi Takeda. I yep, think that yes. he really turned the deathmatch division around and made it, I think, more accessible to people that are not necessarily deathmatch fans like me. Uh, and make me want to look forward to watching all of his matches. So I, yeah. I completely, yeah. I completely agree with you. It's Takeda. Like, cool. Takeda is the MVP, and I, don't, I actually don't even think it's close. Yeah. Um, like if I was going to go runners up, I would, I would say Masaya Takahashi. Um, he had a, you know, he had a, the one blemish on his year was the, the Rio Gokuta match, but like he still had a, some good stuff. Um, the two Takeda matches, the endless survivor stuff. I thought, I thought he was, um, you know, he had a good year. And then after that, I would go Hideki Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, I think that would be my top three. Um, do you have any anybody else or no? 
Yeah, I think I would probably switch that order to have Hideki at number two and, and probably Takahashi at three because he yeah. had a really good year too. Uh, and the most outstanding just in ring. Um, hmm. I would I would go Hideki number one. I would go and it's really hard to compare strong and deathmatch. Maybe mm-hmm. that's, that's the problem. But I would go Hideki one, Takeda two, um Shinobu three. That's fair. Yeah. I mean I, I definitely think I would do uh Suzuki one and Takeda two, and I'm not sure about a third, but um yeah, Shinobu makes sense. He's had a Shinobu- solid yeah, he had enough good matches. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So, um, uh, is there anyone? I'm trying to think if there's any like dark horse. Um, I mean, every time Yoto Hama had a match, I remember it being pretty good. Which <laughs> yeah. Is, I mean, he, he plays his role better than you know as good as anybody. Right. Yeah. Um, because he just didn't have a big role this year. Um, but let's think now. Best major show. I'm going to De- I'm going Death Vegas on this. I think. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, personally, I, I really love that Kaki Ride show. I know that's not technically Big Japan, but mm. I think that was the most fun I had watching wrestling in a while. It, it felt different than anything else that was going on. Um, but I also really like the, the um, well, I think I really like Death Mania. I mean, I think that's, mm. it got kind of overlooked, but it's really solid, mat- I mean, really solid card and, and a lot of really good stuff on there, so... Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So, Kaki Ride one, Death Mania two. Anything? Yeah. Third, I would probably say the the show that had the first Kamatani defense or challenge, and then that tag title match. I thought that, and then I think there was the was that the Shinobu. I can't remember what other matches on it, but I remember those two matches. I really enjoyed a lot. Uh, okay, that was yeah Shinobu Yoshino. Yes, yeah. and that was the May twenty fifth Kurokin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would go, yeah, I would go Death Mania or Death Death Vegas one, uh, and the Survivor two, and then um, I get me yeah, May twenty fifth Cork and three, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty pretty good year for major shows. It was just like some of these Corkins, you know, where we just had nothing to talk about. Just there, there were like a number of Corkins this year where, you know, there just wasn't a lot happening. And I think when you're Big Japan and you're, you know that's fine when you're New Japan, but when you're Big Japan. Like if you have a month where there's no other big shows and the Kurokin really doesn't deliver, it's it you know it's just I think it hurts them you know. Mm-hmm. So they they need to do a better job in 2018, maybe just having like month to month consistency on the Kurokins. Yeah, makes sense. Um. Okay. So best tag team. Um. I'm gonna go Abdul and Ito. I think they were awesome, mm-hmm. and I think they had a really cool title reign. So yeah, I'm gonna give them a nod. Yeah, I think I would go with strong BJ, but I mean, I think I would go that. strong BJ for all wrestling because I think strong B like that's my. Well, I think I went big guns and strong BJ, but like strong BJ to me is a, was almost better in all Japan this year. Mm-hmm. So, so it just strictly big Japan. I would go strong BJ second to Ito and Kobayashi. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't even know for number three. I guess Okami by default. Okami, they, yeah. they didn't have that good of a year in Big Japan either. No. They're another team that I, I liked a lot better. Like they, Okami, I think they had a really cool run in the World Tag League. Oh yeah, for sure. It's they're like, both like Hachi, over more there. I know they're both over more in all Japan than they are in in Big Japan. It's really bizarre, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how this. I guess we'll see how this uh, this title reign for Hashimoto goes. Um, okay, so we did tag team of the year. I guess let's do match of the year. Um, okay. Do you think you can come up with a top five? 
I think so. Yeah. Should we start at the bottom and go up? Yeah. Why don't we go up? What do you have fifth place? Um, let's see. Let me look and figure it out. I think I'm going to go with the Sakamoto Okobayashi versus Twin Towers match from uh, January 2nd. I think, I think that was my tag match of the year. And I thought that was really good. I mean, that was kind of the end of the strong division, I guess, in a way, just the way they kind of went everything all out. And then it kind of turned into the Hideki rain from there and it felt a little different, but that was a, a good way to start the year. I thought, um, in fifth place, I'm going to go with the, the concrete block death match from Rigokutan. I mean, that was just the sickest match, 12 minutes, I think I've ever seen, with uh, Jackie Numazawa and Takeda against Hoshino <laughs> and Kujina. Like, that, that stands out in my mind so much, even, you know, five months later. I think it's well worth a fifth-place vote here. So, there's my fifth-place match. What do you have fourth place? Fourth place, I have the Suzuki-Sekimoto draw. Um, I thought that was a really good match and, and a really interesting way to do a draw um, that r- really felt compelling. Fourth place, I'm going to go to Rico Kutan again, and I'm going to have um, Abdullah and Ito against Strong BJ, which I thought was really awesome and just was a revelation for Abdullah. So, in a straight up tag match. Cool. Uh, what, do you, what do you have third? Um, third, I have the, the first uh, Takeda uh, Takahashi title match. Uh, I can't remember I, the date on that. Yeah, but it's Death, Death Mania. That's, what, that's, Death what Mania yeah. that's also what I have third, actually. So, yeah. there you go. Um, you know, just an incredible match when I was very, very fortunate to be there live for. Um, second place, what do you have? Hmm, I think, oh man, it's kind of well, I, I really like the death, uh, the death Vegas main event, and I think that that could easily alternate, you know, kind of go back and forth mm. from the first match. But, um, I really like the Hideki Kamatani match, the first one, so um, I'll give it to Death Vegas just because that was such an epic match and it, it really kind of solidified that I, Hey, I can actually enjoy death matches. <laughs> yeah, I know this is, this was the year where I really discovered death matches too. Is like a, you know, it's like something I enjoy watching, which really pisses off my girlfriend to no end, but what are you going to do? <laughs> um, second place, I'm going to go with uh, Hideki Suzuki and Yuji Okobayashi. Uh, I thought that was by far the best of the um, Suzuki Deku Suzuki matches. I just realized I left off the, the tag, though. Damn it. <laughs> so I fucked up. Maybe I just said the tag was sex. I'm talking about the 30-minute draw. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that was that's close, though. So I'll go sixth place on that. Um, but, yeah, second place, the uh, the Hideki and um, Okabayashi match. Yeah. What do you have well, first? That's that's my first. Uh, yeah. That that match, I think, was the the best strong title match of the year and the best match since you know Okabayashi Kamatani from last year. So, I mean, that and the first place I have the Death Vegas main event with Takeda yep. and Takahashi. So, I mean, a, you know, one of the best matches I saw in wrestling all year. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, a strong a strong year for some top end stuff. It's just you know, it was like somebody in between stuff, and especially towards the end of the year, like stuff that felt like it was killing time that I think people had a big problem with, but. Mm-hmm. Overall, pretty good year. Um, before we get into the questions, do you have any predictions for 2018? Um, hmm. Like, what do you think of the Daichi? Is the Daichi Rain have any chance of succeeding? Because I've seen a lot of people writing it off already, and I, I do understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, are you are you already ready to write it off? Or you do you think? Maybe... No, 
I, I want to see what happens. I, I really think if they think that he's the he's the new face of Big Japan of the strong division, I want to see what happens with it. Um, yeah. I'm curious. I, I don't know how long it's going to last, but I feel like if they are going to pull the trigger, they might as well make it worth it and not do another yeah. Kamatani title reign where it's kind of a flop. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I'm optimistic. Um, I see. I'm more pessimistic. I think it's it's going to have a lot of. It's going to be a struggle. I mm-hmm. think. You know, if if it turns out to be good, I think it's gonna be one of these things where, you know, it'll be there'll be a few really awkward defenses, and maybe, you know, maybe by the time we get to like you know March or something, he really ha- starts to put it together better. Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think it's, I think it's gonna be awkward for a while, and from there we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I could see him holding on until the strong climb, and and maybe the winner of the strong climb beating him, but. Um... Yeah, we'll see. See if he even makes it there. Um, what about the Deathmatch division? Any predictions on that? No, I mean, I just want to see Takeda with the title yeah. for most of the year. So, <laughs> I mean, if they do, if this is like, if he has like the Okada title reign of the Deathmatch division, that'd be totally fine. Like, just yeah, just have, if they can find enough guys and even do rematches or whatever, just have him hold the belt the entire year. I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's the perfect person because he can. I mean, he has the wrestling ability to to pull off all these cool matchups yeah. and, and go against different opponents. So, um, whereas like you know Kobayashi doesn't yeah. have as much range. So, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so that that pretty much sums up their twenty. What's coming up in twenty eighteen? Uh, let's get into these questions then. Cool. Did get did get a number of them towards the end here. Bringing them up. Um. So what do you what like what do you think of um I guess we have this we went kind of under anyway in time with you know compared to some of the other episodes like the the rest of wrestling um the, in 2017 is there anything you thought was really overlooked hmm. like anything anything in wrestling that you think other than Big Japan that like you know deserved more attention uh I would say DDT I feel like DDT had a really awesome year and, and I know, you know, once they switched over to their own streaming service, they lost a lot of Western fans. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just been, I mean, talk about a streaming service done right. I mean, they've really knocked the, the ball to the park with it and, and they, you know, even like their non big shows always have something, you know, one or two things that are really good as opposed to, you know, like all Japan house shows where they're, they're easily skippable. There's not a whole lot going on, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think DDT, and I think, you know, they've gotten enough hype with a lot of matches, but I just don't think a lot of people are watching it. Yeah, I mean, like, I they're my number promotion of the year, and I just feel, I, I, I totally agree with you that they're just, they're not getting nearly enough attention. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, guess we'll see. Um, so, so Dylan Harris, first question here, asked, why don't people love Yoshino more? Hmm. What people? Because I, I love Yoshino. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It seems like a hard question to answer, Dylan. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He also said, I, "Where does?" Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I, I've liked him since you know he was in Guts World, and and I thought he's really good. I mean, just a really good athlete, really good wrestler, really funny, um, has a lot of charisma. So yeah, I'm totally behind Yoshino. And his other question was, "Where does Hideki go in 2018?" That's a good question. That is a good question. Um, I mean, I could see him being involved in the strong climb again. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I'd why, like to, the, why, I, why the fuck not, though? Like, yeah, why, I mean, 
they don't have a lot of people. They don't have Okabayashi, so they're going to need to bring in some people to kind of fill in the gaps. And I think he's perfect person to have. Um, you know, I'd like to see him pop up in, in some other promotions, just kind of maybe wander around Japan and and, and show up. Yeah. I'd like to see him in All Japan. That would be interesting. Because um, I don't think he has shown up in All Japan yet, and that seems like a good promotion for him. I could see him fitting in there. Yeah. Um, so I'm not. I, I mean, really, I just want to see him do anything, but just like get stuck in zero one only or but something. Yeah. Like yeah. That. It's just such a black hole now. Um, it is. I mean, so... I, I think the ideal situation would be, you know, the end of Wrestle Kingdom, Naito wins, and at the end, Hideki just walks out, and uh, yeah. that's it. That ends, and, and Naito <laughs> looks at him and he's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be awesome. But I just we, we were talking about on Twitter before. I know. I, like, I, I just don't see it. But I mean, no, I, I don't either. <laughs> um, at DK eleven oh five, good dude. How much am I really missing out on by watching only the fewest big show the, the few biggest shows of the year and the death matches that get a bit of extra buzz? So I don't know because Big Japan's a weird company this year, especially where there there were a lot of hurricanes where I just I watched it and I was like, well, you know, it really wouldn't have changed my life that much to, to miss this hurricane. So the answer in 2017, I think, is actually not as much as you think. Right, I would agree. Uh, yeah, and, and maybe in maybe in other years. Um, you know, it, it would have been you're missing a lot more, but like, um, I don't know. I think, I think maybe it'll be. It, I think maybe it'll change in uh you know, it, hopefully in the next couple of years they can they can really get some more consistency again. But the issue this year was the consistency. So if you only watch the bigger shows, I think you probably made that okay. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, Dylan Justin, fuck Mary Kill, uh, Yureki Kamatani. And Kazumi Kikuta, <laughs> what do you what do you, what do you Wait, got here? What was the first part? Uh, fuck Mary Kelly. You never heard of that? No. You really never uh, heard of fuck? Fuck <laughs> Mary Kelly. No, fuck Mary Kill. Would it give you like three people? Okay. You have to pick what one you're gonna have sex with. Okay. One you one you're gonna marry and one you have to kill. Oh wow. Jeez. Okay. Like, did you not? Did you never like? Okay. <laughs> I don't. I like. What school did you grow up in? Uh, I grew up in the country. I don't know. We never played that. We did play like um, the little you you make the thing with the piece of paper and you yes. go back and forth. But that's I'm I'm old, so I, um, I mean I'm old too. But I still remember. I mean I still know of Fuck Mary Kill. Okay, so yeah. Fuck Mary Kill, and who are the people? Kakuta, Kamatani, and Yueki. Yeah, I think I would marry Yueki, uh, just because he seems like you know he's a cop, so he could at least protect me. That's I, I agree. That's a, um, that's exact my exact thought entirely. And he seems um, like a, he seems like a cuddler too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess. Oh man, Kakuda and Kamatani. <laughs> I I, uh, I guess I would fuck Kakuda and and kill Kamatani. I don't know. I see. I don't want to fuck either one of them. So then comes, I don't either. <laughs> so it comes down to, um, it comes down to who do I rather who do I rather kill. And I don't want to kill Kamatani, so I'm sorry, yeah, Kakuda. Kakuda, you're getting killed, and Kamatani, you're getting fucked. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, thank you for that, Dylan Justin. Yeah, great choices. Um, <laughs> uh, Kevin Brown at Durky Noi, uh, best death matches. I didn't get a lot of hype. Hmm. Um, I don't. I think we went over a lot of them. Over, I mean, not, not a ton of them. But we went over some of them. I think I don't. I didn't see a lot of people talking about that scaffold match, and that was awesome. Yeah, that was so, really good. Yeah, I mean that was a zombie Kodaka and uh 
and Ryuji Ito. So if you didn't see that one, I would I would track that one down. Yeah, and Kodaka had a match with Sukamoto, I think. Um, there was like a megaton in the hand, one of those crazy ones. And I thought that was really good too. Yeah. Um, we had at AWQ in 1985, um, over under, they will botch Nomura's booking in 2018. How do I make that an over under? I don't understand. Hmm. Yeah, Takuya Nomura. Um, and then Alex at Trinidad Chain said the same thing too, almost. When are they going to do something with Takuya Nomura? I think he's going to have a junior title shot this year, probably, and then we'll, we'll go from there. But yeah, I don't, I mean, just people need to tranquilo. Yeah. Ascendo. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's still a young man. Young. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of fucking time. He's bulking up, so um, I could see him, you know, maybe not winning the junior title, but maybe getting a shot. And then I think his long-term future is in the heavyweight division, is in the strong division. So, yeah, we'll see. But I don't think they're gonna fuck it up in 2018. Yeah, I think I think you know people people are really impatient nowadays, but like I yeah. think it'll be okay. Um, okay, let's see. And uh, again, Alex said, has, has Hideki held up his end being the strong title holder? I think he did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, I mean, he came in, he did his thing, and people liked it, but they didn't. But he, I don't think he was really bringing the division down or anything like that. Like, look, I mean, it's Hideki. If, if, if you don't know whether or not you're going to like Hideki Suzuki by now, I don't know what to tell you. And, like, if this is not your thing, it's not your thing. But I, I don't see how. It's not like he was going out there, you know having terrible like he wasn't sleeping through these matches right he was doing the best he could and you just if you just hate his style i don't think that's the same thing as not holding up his end mm-hmm. so but yeah that's all the questions we got thank you if you sent in a question of course to at russell omakaze um and this is is ended up going a little bit faster than a lot of our shows so is there anything else you want to talk about while we're here brennan um, how, much, how much are you looking forward to the Wrestle Kingdom? Because I know that's like the big thing right now. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Okada and Naito. Uh, Omega Jericho, not so much. More just no, kind of me a neither. curiosity I, thing. But... <laughs> the more people tell me I'm supposed to be looking forward to that, the less I fucking care. Yeah. Like, I, can't, I can't help it. It's just like, like, oh, it's such a great story. I'm like, mm. really? It is? This guy, this guy showed up and was angry, and you know, he, he bloodied him. Like, what to do? I just yeah. I don't. And that press conference thing, it's like, oh, he attacked him. It's like, just, I don't know. Yeah. Like, the, people who, the people who are going on and on about what a great story it is to me, it almost feels like really forced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Jay White, Hiroshi Tanahashi, I'm looking forward to. I think that's going to yep. be good. I'm, I'm curious because I haven't seen any of Jay White's like Ring of Honor stuff or anything outside of New Japan. So I want to see how he's kind of grown as a wrestler. I, I saw him live at, uh, at, at the Ring of I think it was uh, the War of the Worlds show I went to against. He had a really awesome match with Will Ospreay. So, you know, having seen that, like, I have a lot of confidence he can go out there with Tanahashi and tear the house down if he gets the chance. So, mm-hmm. um, um, Junior title match, don't really care about. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a stupid fucking four-way. Yeah, and I don't like Osprey, and I don't like Skrulls, so that really just leaves... I really... I, so, so Osprey, we, you know, I, I, I don't... Osprey, I feel like the only, the only person who's Switzerland on him. It seems like he has very... People have very, like, polarizing feelings towards him, and I'm like... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like he does some cool moves. I just, this is not one of my favorites. I don't hate him, but he's just there for me. But yeah, Marty Scroll, I hate. I fucking hate Marty Scroll. <laughs> like, I really cannot stand him. And like, the the issue with with him to me is like, just I don't know. It just feels like the gimmick always feels like something like someone come up with like a, an e wrestling or something. It's just 
like super try hard. Yes. Yeah. And like, this is just like, oh, I'm going to have a plague mask and an umbrella. I'm the villain. And it's just very, I don't know, it just feels very forced. Yeah. And it's old at this point, really old, tiring. Yeah. Um, and like and like his in ring stuff is okay, but not like basically whenever I hear like a really hyped Marty Scroll match, it, it's never anywhere near as good as people make it out to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Like to me, he's like when you look at those two Scroll and Osprey. To me, like some of the people who hate on Osprey that give Scroll a pass, it's like Scroll to me is way more overrated than Osprey because a lot of people seem like they have an issue with Osprey, but like Scroll gets more of a pass. It's just I don't get it. I don't think he's I think he's just as I think basically has a lot of the same flaws as Osprey, but without the like the high end flips and shit. So it's just like, <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know what the appeal is. Yeah, me neither. But um, I am looking forward to Goto Suzuki. You know, I I think I'm you know one of the few that really like their bull rope death match. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for that. So. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping that. You know, I, I think Goto is going to win there. So it it wouldn't shock me if that was good if they, especially if they actually hold up the no interference thing. Mm-hmm. Like if they just let them do a match, I'm sure it has a pretty good chance to be pretty good. Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't. It really wouldn't surprise me if they if they pulled out something. I mean, Go, Goto is this guy that like he's just he's always better than people give him credit for. Yeah. So you know, he always has a chance to have a really good match, but um, but yeah, I mean like. I don't know. So I, I can't say like if you're gonna ask like what, what's my anticipation level, I would still be like a six or something. But like, yeah. I'm sure it'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else is even on the show. The heavyweight tag, tag title, yeah, it's gonna be whatever. Cody and Kota Ibushi. Yeah, Bushi. <laughs> um, yeah. Not, not super excited about that. Um, uh, I, I will say I'm I'm kind of looking forward to Rapongi 3K and the Young Bucks. I think that'll just be like a fun, crazy junior tag. I mean, it's a new match, at least, right? Like yeah. that's something. Everybody likes new matches, and you know that's why you need to have guys come in and get. And that's where I think New Japan's strength will be in the next like five years is they have so many of these young guys now that like, you know, you can you'll be able to bring them in and even have fresher stuff, you know, all over the card. So you know you you might have you know even if none of these guys like hits like super main event level, at least like the undercards will feel fresher, you know. Yeah. So, like, anytime you can have like a first time ever match in your opener, is pretty good. So, I think that, and then when they when as they start sending more of these guys on excursion and get more of these guys back, I think it'll help. I mean, Jay White already, you know, he's a he's a young guy that just come came back from excursion, mm-hmm. and that's a big boost to the intercontinental scene. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, it's a cool car. It's not, it's it's not going to be as good as last year's show. I no. think it's pretty clear. But Okada Naito, you know, is, has the potential to be such a great match that it almost makes up for maybe some of the, you know, maybe the semifinal not being as good. And, you know, clearly, like like Omega, you know, Omega Jericho is clearly going to be a step below Naito Tanahashi, probably several steps below Naito Tanahashi. Yes. And the junior title match, the, that four-way clusterfuck, there's no way this is going to be as good as that Kushida Hiromu match. So it's basically going to be down to can Jay White and Tanahashi deliver a really good match? I think they probably can. And then can Okada and Naito just be so fucking good that it makes up for everything else? I think they, I think, I don't, I really don't see any reason why it can't be. Yeah. I, I mean, they had, really did you, their, their 2014 dome match I thought was fucking awesome. 
And like that was for the crowd that wasn't into it at all, mm-hmm. and like didn't give a shit about Naito. So like with a crowd there that like is really into Naito, I don't see why they can't do it again and have an even better one. Now, do you think Naito is Naito winning is in the bag, or do you see <laughs> possibly retaining? What do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe you personally think Naito's going to win, but I would not be surprised if Okada did win. If Okada wins, I'm not going to be. Would I be surprised if Okada won? Like, I no, because like, it just you know, it's Okada. Like, if he hits the rainmaker and pins him, am I going to like, um, you know, am I going to faint? No, I mean, it's just, it's just not. You know, he's Okada. He can always win. But at the end of the day, do I expect it? No, I don't expect. I, I expect Naito to win. Um, I think Naito. Like, if you. Ask me, like, put a percentage on it, I'd be like 70 30 Naito wins or something. Mm-hmm. So, if an Okada win happens, I, I'm not, I really won't be that shocked. I'll be very upset, <laughs> but I won't be that shocked. But if, if, you know, I, I still expect the Naito, I mean, it, it just seems like it's set up, it's set up too perfectly for Naito's victory here. Right. And it if is. You watch, if you watch even the stuff New Japan themselves are putting out, it feels like that's what they're building to. So, like, if if they're gonna have Okada win, they better have a damn fucking good plan. Is all I'm gonna say, because the fan base clearly wants Naito to win, and you know, I think it, it's clearly if they don't, if they think it's gonna be anything, um, but a a major disappointment to that fan base, I think they're kidding themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think upwards of like seventy to seventy five percent of that crowd is gonna want Naito to win. So I think you're, you're they're really kidding themselves. They think they're not going to be disappointing, especially most of their hardcore fan base. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, I, I really feel like they're going to do the right thing. But again, it's Okada. I mean, yeah. they, they, that year where Tanahashi beat Okada, you know, no, I don't think that many people thought Tanahashi was going to win that match, and it just it just happened. So you know, you never you never really know, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see, I can see Los and Gobernables leaving with all the gold, you know, Hiroma yeah. winning the, the junior and then Evil and Sonata winning the tag titles. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the most likely scenario. Like, I think they're going to, they're going to be like the, you know, they're going to have all the titles coming out of the dome. Yeah. But, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Now, um, what about Shibata? Is Shibata going to show up at Wrestle Kingdom? Is he ever going to wrestle again? What do you think? We talked about this on the, the New Japan Omakaji that's not out yet, but um, I think when, when people were talking about Shibata 2018 at the Dome, I I thought, you know, I always thought 2019 was more realistic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I if basically, like, it gun to my head, does Shibata ever wrestle again? No. I say no, he does not. Um, would I be surprised if it's 2019 at the Dome and Shibata wrestles? I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I would call it like, again, if we're going to do percentages again, like 60, 40, he never wrestles again. But if he came back, I, you know, I mean, if, the thing that like, I've been a wrestling fan for so long. And I've seen so many, you know, quote unquote, career ending injuries that didn't turn out to be career ending. Like, you know, Shawn Michaels came back after like, you know, five years. Yeah. Sushi Kanda came back after like four years, you know, like guys come back. I mean, it, it does happen. So even if he doesn't wrestle this year or next year or the year after, he could still come back. It's going to still happen. Yeah. So you never, you never know. So I never, I never say never, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect anything at, at this show. Right. I will say, but I expect, you know, I mean, whatever, whatever happens, I just hope he, 
I hope he doesn't wrestle. If a, if a doctor telling him, you know, you could you could very well die if you wrestle again. I hope he doesn't do it. Right. But, yeah. if, they, but if they tell him, you know, it's it's dangerous, but you know, you you probably be okay, or you you could be okay, and he wants to do make that decision for himself. I'm not gonna. I don't think anyone should sit here and judge him either. Isn't that kind of the same boat that like Daniel Bryan's in where yeah. doctors are saying you're fine, you can wrestle and then he wants to wrestle. And then for whatever reason, WWE is just like, no, you can't wrestle. Well, yeah, I mean, I haven't heard new Japan. Like is new Japan telling I the, with the Shibata thing. I think the doctors are the ones telling him he still can't. Doctors do are telling him. No, I don't think. New yeah. Japan. I think they just want him to not, maybe not rush back into it. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah. I think, I think with new Japan will be more like when I think that the doctors tell him he's, you know, you're good to go. I think, you know, New Japan will clear him. I don't think that's a problem. But WWE, they're, they're worried about these lawsuits, so that's not. It's just not like a. There's no comparable in Japan. Like there's no, there's no giant wave of wrestlers like suing Japanese wrestling companies for head trauma. You know, it's just right. not the way they do things there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like the. So there's that. That brings up an interesting one though. Does Daniel Bryan wrestle in New Japan or Wrestle Kingdom next year? Yeah, I mean. His contract's up. What? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about the situation with him. His contract's and, up in the fall. Okay. And chances are he's not re-signing. Well, here's the thing. Okay, and this is this is the story. So, like, what I've heard is that Daniel Bryan is, you know, he's he as far as he's concerned, he's gonna wrestle again. And it's even reached the point where like Brie Bella is like, you know, who was not his wife, obviously, was not on board with it at one point. But so many doctors have told him he's okay. And that he's had, you know, the, these brain injuries have healed to some extent. Apparently, that like even Bree is okay with him wrestling again now. So that makes you think it's going to happen. He's going to wrestle again. But the question to me is, where does he wrestle again? Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to get to the fall? And with his contract about to expire, is WWE going to suddenly say is something going to clear him? I think that's very possible. It is possible. Yeah, because they might be afraid of losing him. Yeah, they so entice I think- him back with him you know, the chance to wrestle again. So yeah. who knows? So I mean, if you, again, with the same thing, I have no idea how it's going to go. Gun to my head, I think he resigns and he's, he wrestles at Survivor Series or something. So. Yeah. Or they, I, mean, like, I, I would see favorite. that being more likely than him showing up in New Japan. Although, you know, it would be awesome to see him in New Japan, but. It'd probably be safer for him to wrestle in WWE anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, but yeah, I, I mean, like I would say it's more likely that happens, but, but who knows, you know, it's just a, it's a very interesting situation, but I think to me it's like it's very clear now he is going to wrestle again somewhere, mm-hmm. and I just think I think it's more likely it ends up being WWE, but yeah, um, but yeah, that's it. It's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to watch for basically in twenty in twenty eighteen. There's a lot of guys' contracts that will be up, and you know, there's it feels like there's excitement in the wrestling world again with people. It feels like it's possible for people to go places other than WWE, mm-hmm. so. Which I think is obviously healthy for the wrestling business in general. So yeah, I mean, just the amount of people that have popped up in New Japan, you know, this year, especially with like the tag league and you know Chuck Taylor showing up in New Japan. That's like the person that I would you know least expect to show up mm-hmm. in a place like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. anything's possible. And then obviously, no one knows what you know Chris Jericho and everything else. Like no, and no one knows really what to make of this America thing still. Of what? You know, the American, the New Japan. American oh, that's right. Thing. Yeah. Like what? What? What will that mean for, you know, American wrestlers? And you know, will they be more willing to sign with New Japan? And you know, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of speculation that that's part of the reason why 
you know, Kenny Omega has been willing to stay is because he wants to be part of this American expansion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't maybe it wouldn't be quite as enticing if he they didn't have that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. It's an interesting time. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and, yeah, and WWE being WWE being so weak, I think, like as far as like you know, not not from a business standpoint, clearly, but like they they've had guys walking out on them. When you look like a look like a Neville, and they have other guys like the Young Bucks telling them they don't want to you know don't want to work. They'd rather stay, um, you know, and in the Indies and stuff. It, just, it feels like a completely different. Um, it feels like a different landscape than it did like 10 or 15 years ago where it was like, you know, either you're going to wrestle in WWE or you weren't going to be in a big time wrestling at all. Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah. I mean, completely different. I mean, that was like factory, you know, factory farming their wrestlers. And, and then, you know, over the last couple of years, it's been, you know, WWE finally being like, okay, well we can start reaching out to these independent guys and, and seeing how popular yeah. they are. But I think it's definitely changing now where people were like, okay, WWE is not the light at the end of the tunnel anymore. There's other yeah. options. And there's so many guys there that I think have gone and worked their asses off and just gotten nowhere that people are, you know, it wouldn't surprise you. There aren't people that are like, well, what do I want to go there for? And, you know, bust my ass for nothing, basically. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's still the money, though. So I'm sure people, plenty of people will still go. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you, the Shitsuke Nakamura thing, how is that going to end? Is, is he just going to, like, ride it out? You know, wrestling, wrestling in these like fucking ter- just sleepwalking through the rest of his career, just 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 cause how it's gonna be. I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess so. Um, <laughs> I, I don't follow. I mean, I don't follow WWE that much, other than you know some of the results. But I haven't seen any of his matches. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the stuff with like Jinder Mahal or pretty the last, last Nakamura match I saw was the Sami Zayn one um, mm. from Takeover or whatever. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I could see him being, I don't see him coming back to New Japan or, or, you know, he's getting older and I don't think he really needs to, he's kind of got it made now what he's doing. So I don't think he's going to try too hard unless he needs I mean, to. I, I think people need to, should have read between the lines when that Shibata injury happened and Nakamura, like, you know, he gave those quotes to the Japanese press basically being like, they have to change their style. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought what he was really saying was, I'm not coming back here and putting my body through this again. <laughs> to like you know for less money especially so yeah I so i mean you know it'd be interesting to see what would happen if WWE ever cut him like would he would he be willing to try to crawl back and wh- how much would he be lo- willing to do and i don't i don't know the answer but i mean i don't think he's in any danger of getting cut anytime soon but maybe right. in a couple of years maybe that'll be interesting now what about hideo Tommy? is he in danger of being cut i i think of this 205 live thing really like you know if this 205 Live thing falls by the wayside, which it very easily could do in 2018. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot of people care about it too much. Yeah, I mean, like, you heard about that tour, right? I and did like, not, know. They, so they, they announced a tour of 205 Live wrestlers, and, you know, Twitter, like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, well, these are all indie names, and it'll draw, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, really, you think people are going to pay money to see 205 Live at a half show? I really don't think so. <laughs> and then, like a few weeks after they put these tickets on sale, they just randomly were like, "And Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt are going to wrestle on the tour." It's like, okay, well, uh, clearly, t- clearly, tickets were not moving for uh, the the Enzo versus I think it was like Enzo versus Callisto with like Nia Jax's ref or something. Made oh God, <laughs> and, like clearly, tickets were not moving for that. No. So no matter what other indie guys are on the card. So they had to add in two very not very not two oh five or under wrestlers to try to 
move some tickets. So yeah, I don't. I think this tour is already looks like a flop, and I don't. That might have been it for the division. Like try to get something out of this tour, and then you know, if they drop the division, I think anybody in the division could be could be cut. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to see what happened. What would happen to Tommy if that if that happened? Like, would he be welcome back in Noah? Yeah, he, he could easily yeah. hop over to New Japan too. I think. Yeah, but I think I, I I think people, I don't know. Would he be a junior? That was the question. In New Japan, could, yeah. No, I mean I could see I, him being in like the never, you know, the never title or even IC. Um, I don't yeah. know. I don't really think of Kenta as a junior anymore. But yeah, I don't. It's it's interesting, but I guess we'll see. I mean, I I I still think most likely he just goes back to Noah, which has to scare the shit out of every single Noah Young boy from yeah. everything I've heard. <laughs> but like, I think, um, I think it's very, I think that I, I would say that's the most likely scenario, but it wouldn't shock me if he went to like new Japan or something either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what we, so we talked about a lot of other random stuff here at the end. Well, I'll have to put that in the, in the show description here that we have some extra stuff. Um, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. And I guess that'll pretty much do it. Uh, thank you for coming on, Brennan. Yeah, thank you for and having me. Recapping, recapping Big Japan's 2017. Uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. And again, um, as you're listening to this, this is our second to last episode of the interview series. The next episode you're here has, you'll hear has already been recorded. And that is our new Japan interview episode. So you got a little bit of taste of it, I guess, with the... Um, with the Russell Kingdom preview we did there, but that's me and Joe Lanza and um, Lawson Leong, and the three of us did like three hours on New Japan's 2017. So that'll be coming out on New Year's Day, probably, and that'll get you ready for Russell Kingdom. If you missed anything in 2017 for New Japan, or you just want to, you know, hear it all again, that'll be our very next episode. Um, but yeah, until then, don't forget at Russell Omakaze on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I always tweet out if you're if you're wondering how to get uh, any questions sent in. I always tweet out before the episode, and you can just send your questions on Twitter. Um, there's also the wrestling, the wrestling omakaze uh, podcast feed. So we have our own podcast feed along with the the Worst of Wrestling Podcast Network feed. I think most of you get this on, but if you just want to get wrestling omakaze, just search for us on iTunes or Google Play or. Stitcher, or a million other things, run all of them. So check us out there. But obviously, Brennan, you want to plug up Burning Spirits? Brennan? Oh. Sorry, I think it froze, <laughs> froze there a second. Um, sorry, uh, can you repeat that? I'll just plug your show. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Bren underscore Patrick. Uh, you can follow Burning Spirits at uh, underscore Burning Spirits. Um, and yeah, uh, the other show I do fighting network friends, you can follow that at, at fight friends. That's you and Andy, right? That's me and Andy. Yeah. Talking yeah. random shoot style matches from the nineties and it's kind of all over the place, but it's fun. So what's the, the last burning spirits that was, you guys did death Vegas is the last one. You we did, did death Vegas. Yep. Yeah. That was the last one. And then we did, uh, we just recorded our year end episode last night. So that'll be out on Friday. Cool. Then we have to tune in for that one. All right, so thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week for New Japan. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, 
craveably sweet mustard sauce and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.